Okay, let's learn. Tov. So, <clears throat> we're holding an Ois Yud Aleph. Uh, I'm sorry, Ois Yud, which is page 25 in the uh, Hebrew. Um, and page... Um, 22 in the English. Now, we've been here for a while already, and we've been through these lines a couple of times already, um, but it, ha- it has been a couple of weeks because of Pesach. So <clears throat> let's just summarize, you know, the fact that I'm spending so much time on this paragraph is because it really is the main Nakuda where he's finally saying what the <coughs> purpose of the Bnei Machshavatova, what the purpose of the Chevrai is, what's the, what's the purpose of everything. This is where he really says it. If you remember, Effie last time pointed out that he, he really already said it on page one. And when he said the very, on page seven in the Hebrew, the very first page, when he said, what's the purpose of the Chevra, he said it then also. So what, is, what does he say it is? He says the purpose is to be able to see Hashem in everything. To be able to visualize Hashem in everything. He already said on page seven in the very beginning. Anyone else have the Hebrew? No? Anyway, he he says in the in the beginning, not just by davening, by not just by davening by serving Hashem when we're actually doing a mitzvah something, we'll feel closeness to Hashem and to have pleasure from His radiance. Our mind will always be so strong and clear. Connected to God's holiness, until the extent that our mind could overcome our senses. Not only will our senses not be able to seduce and confuse our machshava, to tell us here there's a world that you're seeing and you're feeling physicality. Rather that our that our senses will become subjugated to our thoughts. We'll explain better in a couple of moments. and our senses also will see Yerus Kedushas Hashem We'll see the the holiness of God spread out in all of reality. Right. So, and that's what he's saying in Ois Yud. That's the Nakuda. That's the main purpose of this Chavraya. This this Nakuda. Right. And um, we spoke a little about it. We'll speak more about it. Let's just remind ourselves, what does he mean to say when he says um, that the machshava should overcome the senses and not that the senses should overcome the machshava? You remember, we spoke about that, but uh, it's definitely worthwhile to talk about again. What does that mean? He, he says it over here in Ois Yud also. Well, let's let's read a little inside. Did, did any, does, does everyone, anyone? Have it. No? Okay. Here. Um, maybe you're not the Translation. 
Our desires to tear aside. Our desires to tear aside with one tear the whole curtain that's standing between us and Hashem. Remember, we spoke about last time, just to quickly say over again, that there's the Indian that Hasidus talks about, the fact that we see the world as something other than godliness is something is the world has a, has a masach, there are partitions, there are shells, klipas, etc. that are making that we don't see that the world is elokus. But that's also in our mind, in our, and that's in the objective world. And in the subject, in our mind, there's also our illusions about reality. And so Hasidus talks about that when we're able to fix our consciousness, when we're able to take away from our mind that partition, the curtain between us and Hashem, that has an effect on the objective world too. That Hashem put the world in our heart, that when we understand more of the truth of God and we see God more in the world, that has an effect on the world itself. I mean, it doesn't just affect our perception, but it actually affects the real chomer, the real Correct. makeup of the, of the world. Yeah. The gavra affects the chefza, oh. right? The, 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 our perception mm-hmm. changes the world. Mm-hmm. Not changes just, it reality. doesn't just change our perception of the world, it actually changes the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, you change your perception of the world and that mm-hmm. changes the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, and, and that, that's what we're, we're going to see. That, so he's saying, I want to take away all the partitions and change the percep- perception to see that you're standing before God <clears throat> in a great camp of many angels, of seraphim, and you're one of them. Right? You see a whole, old th- millions and billions of angels singing to God and you're one of them. He said, "All the kola Everything we spoke about, the advice we gave until now, are just means to come to tachliseinu amitis, to come to our ultimate purpose, and to rise one level to the next in this ultimate purpose, which is what that you'll have excitement and thought without form." Right, and we spoke a lot of last time. What does that mean, thought without form? Let me read, let, let's read a little and we'll go back. Rakispashtus machshava chazaka v'nekia kolkach Your thought without form will be so expressed and so strong and pure at shebechol dover tiras Hashem izbarch till you see God in everything. Because your thought is so strong and clear you'll be able to see God in everything. Koloimar and he touches up. What does that mean? What does it mean that you see God in everything? Does that mean you're seeing with your physical eyes? What, what does that mean? So he touches up right away. Not that the senses should feel according to their desire. And then they will force the thought to think about and picture according to their, the senses form. Page 25 towards the bottom. Yeah, in other words, not like it is not. How does it naturally, how do things work? Where does our thought usually go wherever our senses take them? Whatever we see, whatever we hear, whatever we smell, whatever we taste, that's where our thought usually goes after the senses, right? But he says, so the Pizetsu is saying, we want to do the opposite. Not that thought should be schlepped after the senses. And, and you should know, by the way, also when we daydream and we're not thinking about anything particular, you'll notice that it's always going to be about things that were in your senses. Right, so he says not that your not that your senses should overcome your machshava and cause them to have that your machshava should should only be thinking about physical things. Achlehepech the opposite. Hamachshava tiachoshevus machshava nekia. The thought will be thinking this pure this this clean thought. Etzema machshava bleid misvetzir the essential thought without form without image. Which again, we have to speak a lot more what that means. So to be able to th- strongly think machshava, to be actively thinking in the mind, which is what's b'nei machshava tova. And then, now he's going to say two steps. Number one, um it will overcome our senses. And number two, and they and then the the machshava will penetrate through them into the world. Until all one's 
business, all one's doings, and anything one has to do with the world, will be blim tzayis tavush hachushim. It's like it's going to be without the the garment of the senses making a sealing, making a concealment. Rak yoshem achshavtes tiyeh, but rather the thought is going to be right away. A th- uh, the 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 senses are going to see according to what the thought is thinking. Ha'ayin va'oizin, the eyes, the ears. All, they're all bringing only things of thought. I know this is very difficult. Very, this is very difficult lines. I want to just get through them and then we'll go back, obviously. But now we don't mean to say that you shouldn't have senses. We're not looking to nullify that you shouldn't have senses. We'll go back, but I want to get through it. That a person shouldn't see the world before them. You should see the world. But you should see Hashem's holiness on and through the world. Whether you look at the world or not. That's, that's what we want. Not just to think about in your mind that God is, rules over the world and His kingship is everywhere. It's not enough to think with your mind. The mind is not going to help just by itself. Which happened to think is a little jab against Chabad, but whatever. But let's, let's, uh, so let's talk a little about what's he saying in the Pizetsa. Because like I said, you know, this is the, the, the whole idea. So what's this idea that we have to... What's this idea of, of this... I know I, I mentioned at the end of the last class we have a chance to think about it over the couple of weeks that we had off. But what does, it mean, what does he mean to say a strong thought, a pure thought with no form? Remember, Shlomo, you gave the example last time you said when you're hearing music, right? And you're thinking you have that thought that doesn't have any particular... You're not thinking any particular form per se. It's just that, that feeling, which is... That's a good muscle. I mentioned, if you remember, the muscle of, of uh, a scientist, that when the scientist looks at the world, he sees sub, uh, subatomic particles, right? That's what the scientist sees when he looks at the world. So what does that mean? You're not seeing the form of the particles, it's just your mind is seeing that. So this sugya of, of seeing God in everything, so I, that's why I told you to bring the Kuti Maran. I want to learn with you a piece to be able to understand this a little better. Um, yeah, please. Is, is this it, mine or is this yours? It's yours. Chaim. Is it in sort of like a Aristotelian or anti-Aristotelian sense of saying machshava below seer or like, like without forms? Is it something along those lines? What? What? What do you? Why do you think it's Aristotelian? Because talking about Homer and and surah, uh-huh. like when he says without surah. Or I don't know exactly how to, but just once we're talking about thought, and that just sounds very platonic and very. I don't think he's getting into sense. over here the he's. I don't think over here right now, he's talking about the uh, the antic existence of the world. Like he's not looking to get into what Aristotle and Plato spoke about, whether the the, the most is the forms or the ideas. He's talking about. Having being able your mind being able to focus on things that your senses never experienced, and that becomes such a strong focus to the extent that it not only overcomes your senses but your senses see them, see the thought. Your senses are completely infused with that thought. So I don't think he's he. I don't think it's. I don't think over here he's. You're right. He's using the word surah, but but that's. I don't think that he's getting into the actual question of epistemology and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Well, maybe epistemology, but certainly not ontology. Anyway, let's open up Lakut Imran Torah Lamed Gimel Ois Beis. And you have, you have, you guys don't have. There's another Lakut Imran. Isn't there another Lakut Imran? Over here, right? I think you, you put one over there. Like, right in, on... Chassan Shah. Yeah, Chassan Shah. Why is it called that? Why is it called what? No, the joke you just made about the Chassan Shah. Chassan Shah is the big Shah. That's that size. 
custom gets when he gets married yeah. and never opens up. Do you get to choose the one that they sit around your face? Some people are like a woodman in just a sample. Yeah. They go downstairs in the garage. Oh, here it is. Alright, okay, so Islam at Gimel, Torah Lamed Gimel, Oiz Beis. This happens to be one of my personal favorite pieces, Makutim Maran. Okay. Betzorach Ladas, yeah? Everyone sees it, Oiz Beis? Betzorach Ladas, one has to know. Have it, Islam Terlamad Gimel. Lamad Gimel on top. That's Memchas already. Yeah, there you go. Ice please. Okay, but Sarah Lada, a person has to know. And of course, he doesn't mean just uh, um, uh, to know, you know, intellectually and you know, make a check. Das, of course, we always know it means to connect one's thought in a very deep way. That all the world is filled with his glory. And there's no place devoid of him. And he fills all worlds and surrounds and encompasses all worlds. So these three phrases that he just hit us with are like we could say the essential building blocks of Hasidus. Like these three phrases, you know, Tanya uses them all the time. And Taka, if you look in the Geras Tshuva Perakei, Himamish says almost like the exact same, uh, um, but these uh, phraseologies in the same order almost. But this, these, these phrases in Hasidus are not just psukim. They're like Yesoidus. Like you'd say, Shema Yisrael is, even though the Rambam, of course, we know we believe that all... All, all uh, psukim and Torah are equally holy, right? The Rambam says. But no one would say that Shema Yisrael, you know, even though we believe it had as much holiness as Vesim Naisi Pilegesh, as that Timna was a concubine to Esav, but nobody would say that you close your eyes and like say Vesim Naisi Pilegesh, like you're not going to, right? So Shema Yisrael is more than just a pasik, it's a way of living, right? It's a declaration of who we are. And so Hasidus, these psukim are essentially touching up Shema Yisrael. These psukim, these phrases are essentially the nakud of Shema Yisrael, of Achtos Hashem. Let's go through them. One, number one, Meloi Kalaretz Kavaydoi. What? The whole earth is full with His glory. Right? Meloi Kalaretz Kavaydoi. The whole earth is full with His glory. What does it mean? What does it mean Kavaydoi? What does it mean His glory? What's Kavaydoi? So presence is one way of putting it. Right? That's one way. His presence um, in Hasidus it says that when the Belashan HaMikra, when it uses the word Kavid, is in Lashan Kabbalah R. When Kabbalah, it's the same, Kabbalah uses the word R. And, and the Mikra uses the word Kavid. Right? So, presence is definitely one way of saying it. And R means that his manifestation. To, like, yeah. We would say, like, me and my Kavid are clearly... Two different things. Like if I'm in the room, like I'm not here. Those are very different things. How? What do you mean you're covered? Whatever that would mean. I don't know. My covered. I we talk about person give them covered stuff so like that. So we're not talking about covered so, as honor. That's, okay. that's what I'm saying. We're not you're talking not about covered. at all. No, we're not. So you, how much is this covered, the thing itself, and or not? Meaning presence. <coughs> I, me and my presence generally go to the same place. Right. But is it me? I don't know. Like, how much, like, what is this? Maybe it's the covet you bring out, you know. The, the, the idea of covet over here, um, the glo- that his glory, <clears throat> how much would you say, what, what, let me just make sure I get, what's your, what, what are you asking exactly? Like, how, would, how connected is God with the covet? No, I it, yes. It's not honor. It's no, it's that's what I'm saying. It's Malika. presence or light, so, meaning his manifestation. In a very simplistic thing, I would say Hashem is everywhere. Right? Okay. Right? Very simple. Okay. But then someone would come to me and say, "What are you talking about?" It doesn't say Hashem is everywhere. It says His covet is everywhere. That doesn't mean Him. It means His covet. 
his not honor, but his some aspect of him. Okay. That that's what I'm trying to. Okay, got it. Very good. So you're saying that when we say his covet is his light. It's not his essence, right? Of course, God's essence is not in, fill, does not fill the world. God's essence transcends the world. And so what fills the world is dafka kvodo. It's dafka his light, not his essence. Dafka his pashtus ha'ara. Dafka array, not his essence. Now, if you were to ask, what's the relationship of God to that? Let me ask you, what's the relationship of you with your thoughts? Mean. Let's start with you with your hand. How about you with your hand? Me and my hand, it's part of me. So is your thought more part of you or your hand? I don't know. Think for a second. A single thought? No, your kaycha machshava. No. Thought, your thought, your ability to think, your thoughts. What's more connected to your soul, that or your hand? Thoughts. Right, because they're closer to your soul, right? Do you know yourself without thought? No. Right? You don't really know yourself beyond thought. So Hashem's covet is more united with His essence than your thought with you. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts are a covet, are a ray, are an R of your soul. The covet of your soul is your thoughts, your speech, when you speak. But God is infinitely more united with His light than you are with the light of your soul. Because the light of your soul actually is manifesting as something separate. Okay, so, the whole earth is filled with his light, with his covet, with his glory. There's no place void of him. That's from the Zohar. There's no place void of him. Right, like I said, these are the catchphrases of Chesidus, the building blocks of Chesidus. is a meditation, is a mantra. There's no place void of him. There's no place void of him. The And he fills all worlds and he encompasses all worlds. Says Rav Nachman. So until now he just said the phrases that are throughout Chesidus. Now Rav Nachman goes straight for the, in the breast of way, he takes it to Lamaisa Ad Lamatamata. He takes the Baal Shem Tev Zemuna and he brings it Mamish to the world and even a person that does business with non-Jews. That's what you do. Your, your work, your business, what you do for a living, you work with non-Jews. Can't excuse them himself and say, that I can't serve God all day. Because of the thickness and the physicality that falls upon me, the 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 thickness of 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 gashmias because of my business that I'm only I'm always dealing with non-Jews, right? And again, he, the point of in here isn't non-Jews per se, because there are some non-Jews that talk very high holy things. He means to talk about people that are very unfortunately it could be Jews like that too, but people that are very grub. Seemingly, you're talking to people. You, you have to go to work and you're talking to people that are talking, you know, not holy things at all, and the opposite. So a person could say, so how can I be connected to Hashem all the time? He says, Rav Nachman, you can't use that excuse, you can't say that. Why? Because Chazal already revealed to us. I mean, he says Chazal, it's the... the and, Obviously, Chesidus is based in Chazal, but it's really the Baal Shem Tev brought this Amun into, 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 into a real revelation. That what? That Chazal, Chazal revealed to Shebechol Dvarm Gashmir, in all physical things. Ubechol Saakum, and in the words of non-Jews, the guy that you, you know, is fixing your car, the mechanic. You could find godliness in them. They're all God's light. They're all his covered. They're all his radiance. They're all his presence. Even in the words that the non-Jews that that or any lowly person is talking about, huh? Words or language? I'm sorry. Is it the words they're using or the language? That Both. Right. Both. It'd be the words that they're saying. The, 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 that he's everything, even the words themselves, not just the language. He's, and he says that, for, you'll see from, from further on that that's what he means. What? 
Huh? In all words, in all language, in all speech of non-Jews, you can find godliness. Because without godliness, they have no existence. They can't exist. They don't exist at all. And actually, he goes on to say that... Um, that their existence is really comes from the letters of Torah. Everything really comes eventually from the letters of Torah. So, but without godliness, they can't exist. In other words, you see somebody talking, it's godliness. Without godliness, there wouldn't be speech, there wouldn't be words. Without godliness, they wouldn't have existence, they wouldn't have life. Another Pasuk that Chassidus brings all the time, kulam. Yeah, where are those words from? Huh? Where is that from? Huh? Well, it's from, it's from Nehemia, but, but where, where do we know it from? Like, Vayivar uh, David, right? In Vayivar David. It says, Atahu Hashem Levadecha, you Hashem, you are Havaya by yourself. That's Oren Sof before Tzimtzum. Your light then brings about and you give life to them all. Now, when we say what does Hasidus mean to say by that? What's, what does Rav Nachman mean to say by that? What does Rav mean to say that when Hasidus says it doesn't just mean that God is up above in the wall blue yonder and sending Federal Express vitality. It's the Va'ata that's Mechayas Kulam. It's the Ata. You. You are the Chayas. Like the Rebbe Roshab always says that a person, if you put your Das on your own Chayas, your own Chayas is Alukus, is Godliness, is all Hashem's covet. It's all a question of, of being conscious of it. So without a lukus, they wouldn't be able to exist. Levad, however, the Nachman says, what I'll give to you, Levad, However, the godliness there is very much concealed and very much um, lessened. Right? It's a very faint ray of God's light. God's light is tailored Right, imagine the, the whole Seder Shtalshas, through the thousands and billions of contractions of worlds, God's light goes down till it could give life to these words that this non-Jew is saying. <speaking in Hebrew> because God contracted His godliness <speaking in Hebrew> with many quantitative and qualitative different types of tzimtzumim, right? many, many contractions. I, it's important to remember that the tzimtzum, when people usually think about that God removed his infinite light and made the halal, that's only tzimtzum arishim, Chassidah says. That's the first tzimtzum, but there are many tzimtzumim after that. When the kav, when Hashem brings his light back into the halal, the empty void, that goes through many tzimtzumim too. Right? Many tzimtzumim, Adam Kadmon, and, and their, their parses between the different worlds. So the light goes through many, many tzimtzumim until... If, you know, I always think the best way to picture this, imagine you're on a skyscraper in the 95th floor and you open up your faucet. How, how much does the water have to go through till it gets to your faucet? Just th- if you just think about it, how many pipes, how many, how many tzimtzumim the water has to go through till it can get to your faucet on the 95th floor. Right? So the faucet of God's light to get to this non-Jew's words that they're saying is... Many, 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 many contractions. There's a lot of concealment. Hashem contracted His light with many, many qualitative, qualitative many and quantitative many tzimtzumim. From the first thought of all worlds, which is Adam Kadmon. Reishas HaMachshava is Adam Kadmon, is the primal thought of God of all worlds. Adam Kadmon... Before there are the four worlds. Adam Kadmon is God's original thought of world, that there should be worlds. And so everything exists at that level. All past, present, and future, all space, time, everything. 
that ever existed and ever will beyond space and time, infinity. It's all in that original machshava. Ad nekudas hamerkas shaloylam agashmi until the middle point of this physical world, shesham mother haklipas, which is even the place of the klipas of impurity of shells. Even there, Hashem's light has to be there; otherwise, it can't exist. Ubechol mashemishtal shel yoiser, and the more that God's light goes through this um, um, process, this tishtalshlus, this downchaining, yoiser, umistamtsam yoiser lamatan becomes more and more contracted and concealed. Elokuse milubesham b'mabushim rabim yoiser. So God's light has even more garments, but it's all Hashem in those garments, right? And I, I mentioned to you, uh, remember the end of chapter forty-two of Tanya, where the Alter Rebbe says the meditation to always remember. Anything that you see with your eyes, heaven and earth and all therein, are the garments of the king. That's what Hasidah stresses, because once you understand that Kabbalah explains how many things have to happen, how many concealments have to happen until they could come about things of this world, and then Hasidah comes and says, but don't forget that those are the garments that the king is within, and even more, the, the garment like the, 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 the garment of the turtle, like the shell is part of the turtle, the garments are Hashem too. Now, so Reb Nachman is saying in this that I'm telling you that therefore even in even in non-Jews talk in languages of non-Jews you could also find godliness. I'll show you a remez. I'll show you a hint to that. They hinted us by opening up this idea that a person should know and understand that in all physical things is godliness, is his vitality. And you know what that's talking about? Huh? Teitophis, right? Tefillin. That he brings the Gemara Menachis. How do we know that the Tefillin Shal Rosh has to have four batim? Right? We know as of the Tefillin Shal Yad has one bias and all four parshias are written in one long scroll. But the Tefillin Shal Rosh is split into four. There are four separate batim. How, how do you know that? Where do you know that from? From this word. Because the Tefillin Shal is called Teitofes. Right? It should be Teitofes between your eyes. Teitofes Necha. Right? What does Teitofes mean? There's no word like that. There's no word Teitofes. It's not a word. Rather, it's a hint. That what? So if Nachman says that Tat Bekisvishtayim Pas Bafriki Shtayim that these are two languages Kisvi and Afriki I don't know what languages those are I would imagine Afriki is something from Africa but in Kitvi, Katvi Tat is two and in Afriki Pat is two that's four that's how you know the law of Tefillin so where do you know the, how the Tefillin is made from where? Non-Jewish languages. The fact that your tefillin shall rush, which you, seemingly you can't say, there's nothing that you would imagine that connects us to Hashem, that's mamash, that kesha, like the tefillin shall rush. And, and what's there? Non-Jewish languages. Tat and pat. These non-Jewish words tells you how to make that connection of the tefillin shall rush with God. idea to show, to make us know, that in all languages and all words of non-Jews, this godliness giving a vitality. Even in, the, even in there. That's what that shows you, that the tefillin is made from the sprach of the non-Jews. And this idea is also, could be found, this idea that you could find God no matter how dark and deep, no matter how how much it seems like there's clepus and there's impurity and vessels and shells and garments. Even there you could find his eloquence because otherwise it wouldn't exist. The fact that it exists is God's light. This is the deeper meaning of the Yushalmi, which is a very difficult Yushalmi to understand. And you could almost, uh, you could bet your, bet your bottom dollar that this was used throughout the Middle Ages in many disputes and disputations. The Yushalmi says, Im if a person is to say to you, where is your God? 
In the great city of Rome. Shenemar and the Yushami brings a pasuk, like it says in Yermia, Eli Koire Miseir. He calls out to me from Seir. Seir, of course, is Edo, is Rome. So Chazal say, if a person says, Where is God? Tell him he's in Rome, in the city of Rome. So I don't need to tell you what the, what the Christians the make, but Matamim that they make from this. But what's Takapshat? What's Takapshat? So we know Rome always represents for us the place of Klippus, the place of impurity. That's what Rome represents for us. It's the antithesis of Jerusalem. I mean, that all of, all of Western civilization has always been this, this tension between Rome and Jerusalem, the earthly empire and the heavenly empire. Right? That's what uh, essentially Augustine wrote, City of God, comparing the, 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 these two ways of being of Jerusalem and, and, uh, and Rome. With that whole like, epic meeting of Yaakov and Esau. Like Same idea. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's right. So he says, so Nachman says, so what does it mean that God, that you say God is there in Rome? So he says like this, Nimtza, this person that's asking you where is God, what does that mean that they're asking you where is God? Bevade whom must be this person is very, very much... Uh, Meshuka, drowning, drowning in the place of Klippas of impurity. The fact that he's even asking? The fact that he's asking. Not even asking, the fact that he's asking. The fact that he's asking, where is God? Must be he's in the place of Klippas. Ki hoitzias atzmei menaklal v'kofar b'ikr. He took himself out of the klal and he, and he was kofar b'ikr. He said, where is God? So Nachman says, why is he saying, where is God? Why is he being kofar b'ikr? Why is he denying the truth? Why is he asking, where is God? What's that coming from? He says, He feels like in his place, God is not there. I fall into a place where God isn't here. I fall into such a dark place, such an impure place, God isn't here. I've fallen into Rome. I've fallen into Rome. And so that's why he's asking, where is God? Meaning that in the place where I am, I can't connect to God. How could I possibly connect to God from this place, from Rome? So say to this person, Even in your place, that you're so sunk in the place of klipas of impurity, gam ken shom There also you could find godliness. Why? Because he vitalizes everything. Him, his light becomes the vitality of everything. And mishom, Umisham, from there, from Rome, from Seir, Misham, from the place of darkness of impurity, Misham, you could have dveikas to Hashem. You know, Nachman was the Belshemdu's grandson, and everything he says is all, you know, brimming with obviously the Belshemdu's Torah, but <clears throat> this idea that from Shom, that from there is a famous Torah of the Belshemdu. Right, Shom in 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 Zohar in in Kabbalah always means Klipa. Shom as opposed to Ze. Ze is Kedusha, Hashem. Shom is Klipa. There. And so, and so the Baal Shem Tov says, "Im shamayim." If you're dispersed, will be in the outest reach of heavens. Misham yikabetz Hashem alekecha misham From there, from Shom. If you're in the farthest reaches of the heavens, from Shom, the God is going to take you. Or like, right? When it's going to come a difficult time, from that place. That's the biggest side in Baal Shem, from the place where you are. And of course, it doesn't just mean geographical, it means existential, it means the level of Kedusha. Well, there it's talking about Yerushalayim. And, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, there, the Lashakin Shmei Shom 
I mean, um, you know, Shom is the same letters, obviously, as shame. So there's always an interplay of, of turning the Shom into shame. What sense or city he's referring to? I'm sorry? The one that he mentioned. Parshas Re'eh, L'shak and Shmei Shom. That when Hashem says, I want my name to dwell there. But really, it is kind of consonant with the idea, which means even, even those places we consider too far mm-hmm. for God to reside can, can become like, you know, like an annex or, or an outpost where we would, like our thought would we have, our thought would have, wouldn't have entertained. It's kind of like in our in our level of thought, we can't like annex. We can't annex certain places in service of the divine. But even l'shakin shemosha, meaning even those even places, there, yeah, yeah. So the, in, in the pasuk, there it's talking about dafka right. Yerushalayim, but but that's definitely l'shakin shemosha is used to talk about everywhere in the world. Definitely, that's definitely true. In fact, in Hayom Yom, you don't have happen to have a Hayom Yom here, do you? <clears throat> but um, yeah, there's definitely an Indian that it talks about in Chayel and Hayom Yom that the Shakin Shemayisham to make Hashem's name, even though the, the pasuk seems to be talking Yerushalayim, but Takat's used everywhere. That all Shams. The, Can you the, make anywhere like Yerushalayim? Like it says when Mashiach comes, everywhere you, I mean the shoal is everywhere it's going to like be brought over. Like so. Can you make where you are have that sadness that you're not? Yeah, I mean, that Rav Nachman speaks about, Rav Nachman says when you clap, when you're davening, you're making it into Yerushalayim. Wow. But uh, Vada, the, the, the Maharal's brother, has a sefer called Bermaim Chaim. It's the brother of the Maharal. And, and Chassidus always brings from that, he says over there, that what's the reason that you face Yerushalayim when you daven? It's not just, a, you know, it's not just because you have to pick a direction. It's that literally you're there. Like when you're davening, you're in a bechin of Yerushalayim. You're in an aspect of Yerushalayim. So yeah, every sham, every sham. It's funny, and, before we came in here, we were yeah. just singing the song, Hashem is here, Hashem is there. Because I played for kids today at a play group, and then I was like saying the original song. It's actually a really nice recording from an old record by Country Yossi. Uh, uncle, excuse me, uncle, uncle Moshe. Uncle Yossi, originally in the 60s or 70s, released it with a whole story with a son telling his mother he just learned it in school. And, about how Hashem's everywhere, and it's like it's very deep. Actually, it sounds just like a kid song, but yeah, it's sorry, deep it's like theology. Deep no, it's very, the it's very deep theology. That song, it's uh, very, very deep. Totally. <clears throat> there's, there's an idea that, I mean, it, it's Nachman isn't saying it this with this over here, but it's it's brought a lot of times that you have to believe that wherever you ever end up is the shakin shmeishah. Is, is to turn that sham into a shame. Right? To know whatever Rome you end up, there's a reason. Right? That's part of Ashgacha Pratis. And, and Chesidah says that the whole purpose of the world, the whole tachlis of, of all the oilamas, of all the worlds, would not be complete if you were not in that place, geographically, existentially, and bring God there. Mamish, that's, that's how Chesidah says we have to look at ourselves, that we're always on a mission, every sham, every place, Misham, and over there, that the place that Nidmaloi Shibim Koyma Ein Sham Alikim, Dafka Misham Atayocha Ladabik, it's Atzmacha Boisbarch, Velashvale Betshuva Shlema, Kilay Rechoikim Imcha. Ela Shibim Koymcha Shamrabalavusham. It could be that what is true is that the place where you are, there are many garments. God is concealed in many, many garments. But every the more that a person goes from one level to the other, who you're coming closer to Hashem. What does he mean? Every place, every the more a person comes from one level to another, you're getting closer to Hashem. What does he mean? What does he mean one level to the other? He means the more. What does he mean? No, the more that you perceive. Change your perception or conscious of godliness in everything. That's what it means. That's what it means that you go one madrega to another. The more that it becomes real to you, that gets a person closer to Hashem You can know God with more knowledge. The higher the level, then God's garments get taken off. Again, through your subjective perception the actual garments of God get taken off. And the tzimtzum gets 
Reverse. That's our purpose in the world, is to reverse the process of the tzimtzum. And then you're even closer to Hashem. You could love yourself with Hashem. That's, that, 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 that self could be for bring the back. So what, that's what Ibn Nachman is saying. <clears throat> I want to show you something. I forgot to get this. So can I ask a, a question out of really total ignorance? Okay. This does not sound like what the Pizet is saying. Why? Pizet seems to say you have to empty and not have any tzior. <coughs> and this sounds like every tzior I see has to be... <coughs> it's a Gavaldika question. What did you say? It's from. Where is it? It's from. Totally ignorance. ignorance. <coughs> you know, you remind me. <coughs> Your total ignorance reminds me. Bjol Khan, Zechrein Levracha, used to say that seemingly, you know, the whole idea of Chabad Chsidis is to understand Elokus, levels in Elokus. But at the end of the day, it's no thought could grasp God. Just like a rock can't understand God, your brain the same way can't understand God. So whatever your understanding is his manifestations, his COVID, his levels, but at the end of the day you don't know God at all, so what's the point? You're totally ignorant anyway. So Biel used to say, it's like saying, when a Chaim Brisker learned the Blat Gemara, he has a million questions, right? If you ever learn by a real time, he doesn't understand the Blat Gemara. He has a million. He doesn't understand it, and then Amar Aretz that never learned it also doesn't understand it. But what's the difference between the way Reb Chaim Brisker doesn't understand the Blat Gemara and an, and a simple person that never learned it doesn't understand the Blat Gemara? They both don't understand the Blat Gemara, right? So that's what you remind me with your uh, total ignorance. Uh, it's not coming from such the halavai. We should all have that kind of total ignorance. But it's a good question. So Shlaim is asking, what's the difference between this and what the Pizetzner is talking about? you said it's your consciousness. But is asking that the Piazetzner is, is, is um, stressing the idea of machshava b'leitziu, thought without form. Is, that, is, do you, is this contradicting that? What do you, what do you think? Shleim thinks it is. I don't think it is, but... Um, I don't yet get what that means fully, but what I... Well, what, get what means? What machshava b'leitziu means, but what I was understanding it to mean is that like... And he even says that at the end, like, hold on, you're at, like, you, you see the tree, but the way you perceive the tree is not as a tree at all, and that it's like there's some unity or oneness to everything, which kind of like um, transcends the form. And it's like you kind of, in some way you see it, but in some way you totally leave that. And that's the way I understand the yeah. Yeah, 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 That's the same thing I'm not going to say. Exactly. Like, even, in the, even in the words of the Akum, it's the words are there, but if you kind of like abstract out, it's just Hashem. It's, you know, it's the same kind of like oneness that per, pervades everything. On a certain level, it also means you're not like beholden to a specific form, like the incident where someone gets bitten by a snake and the venom doesn't have any effect. It's almost like the, the form of the natural, in Teva, you know, venom kills, poison kills, and yet for some reason this this tzaddik was able to transcend even that most like what you'd call most basic um, physical phenomenon. And it didn't it, because it didn't have its. It's like it lost its own seer, kind of. It lost its own manifestation per the teva. Right. And so um, even things well, like Mishama the Shem and Shiyadlik, like that. The whoever says the oil, that that yeah, that 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 seer. In other words, it's not that you're not seeing the tzur. It's that you're. It's that. What you remember, Reb Effie mentioned last time, if you remember, he gave the mushal about for those that hold that the sun stands still and we rotate around the sun. Remember that that you're seeing it, but you're but you're you're knowing that what you're seeing is not real. It's it's not that you're not seeing reality. It's that you're seeing reality in a completely different way. That's why I like the mushal of the of the scientist seeing. Everything as as subatomic particles. They, that's just how he relates to everything. But it's not that you're not seeing the world, but you're you, there's a, there's a, this understanding in you that what you're looking at is something more than your eyes are seeing. Could, could it be that the tzir is the meaning you place into what you're seeing? Because you could have two people looking at the same thing, but it means different things to them. So 
So you're creating a tzir, you know, but you can go back to the essence of what, what's in front of you and simply see what Hashem created. You know, instead of creating your meaning, everything you want, your, your entire, you know, whatever's going on inside of you, you just see what Hashem created. And, you know, without, you know, adding to what, to what you see. Okay, I hear. Mm. I hear. Mm-hmm. Without adding on to what you see. I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends. What, what... We, we, we tend to associate things with, with a, a story. We create a story. Like, uh-huh. you can see this bottle, and, like, for you, it's like, uh, I don't know, you, you have a whole story about this. You know, it, it means something to you. So if you diso- you deassociate the story you place into things, okay. then you actually get to see what's in front of you uh-huh. and not what you're creating. And maybe that's the way to get to what, uh, what uh, Rabbi Nachman is saying, that well, here's when you, Hashem, when you, you say know, disassociate the story and just see what's sort of the, the concreteness, the suchness that's in front of you, that's very Zen. Zen is very into that. But by us, it's important to always take the next step and connect it to God. Yeah. Right. So, in other words, you're not. You just, you, I, I like the, what you're saying that to, so to speak, take away the story or the way that you're you're interpreting reality and putting a new story to it. And so you're saying not to put any story, but I think Rav Nachman is saying to put Hashem. In other words, to see it as all ways God is manifesting. So you're saying Hashem. That's, that's what you were saying. Sounds like just without anything. Again, that's why without that Hashem, in other words, it doesn't mean Machshav Leitzir means the Machshav is about Hashem, but, but there's no Tzir. Once you remove, you know, your things, then you find Hashem. Okay, I, uh, you see Hashem's creation. Everything you see is Hashem's creation. Yeah, but again, it's important to. That's not what the Pizetsu was saying. Right, it's not just Hashem's creation. It's that you're seeing. Hashem's Hashem's eloquence. Remove all your senses. Like you, you're, you're trained. Your senses are telling you there's a table here, but your mind says no, it's not a table. It's it's eloquence. Right. It also comes back to dvekus also, like what your what your mind is cleaving to, what it's attaching to. If it's attaching to the idea of the table, it's a mahus that Hashem created it. That's one thing. But if the real dvekus is like you're like really attaching to the the eloquence to the godliness in the interstitial space of the actual Homer, you know? Yeah. It's like... I understood what you said, but I don't even see a table anymore. Mm-hmm. No, he says, mm-hmm. it, You don't see it as table. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I, I disagree. I think that there's... I don't disagree. <laughs> it sounds to me different. It sounds to me like what he was... Like, he's talking about there's two things that we're perceiving here. How you perceive the world and how you perceive God. It sounds to me like in that passage, Possessor was talking about perceiving God. And you perceive God without in in ways that are not bound to the perceptions that arise from living in the physical world. Whereas the Pizzer Nachman is talking about perceiving the world. There are two different things that are being perceived. I, I think, what do you mean? But the Pizetsa is also talking about seeing the world, but seeing Kedusha Hashem Prusal Kol Ha'elam. He's talking about, I thought he was talking about perceiving God, but he's acknowledging that perception of God is difficult because our thoughts in general are so shaped by the, the world that it's easy to perceive. Right. Not by the God that's hard to perceive. Right. So, but if we can somehow break like our machshava and conquer that sensory experience flooding that usually floods it, and therefore we'll be eventually be able to achieve a kind of machshava that's or in other words, that like rises above somehow all the different the form of thought that's given to us by the physical world, and therefore we'll be able to perceive God for reals. So are you saying and, that the Nachman is saying then, differently than the Pizatzner? Like that, it sounds Nachman like what you're saying is Rav Shleimah said. Like Rav Shleimah said that Rav Nachman is talking about forms. He's talking about the non-Jews' words. They're talking about different things. Rav Nachman in, in this particular passage versus that particular passage. It could be that in other places they talk about the same thing. Okay. But 
sounds like here Menachem is talking about perceiving the world, whereas in that on that page it seems like the Pesachim is talking about perceiving God in ways that our our thoughts can free themselves from the, the normal constrictions given to it by the world. But I think what Rav Nachman is saying is that even when you when you're faced with forms that the world shows you, very lowly forms, you can see godliness through them. Yeah. What does that mean? It means that, you, that your mind's eye, even though your physical eye is seeing a table or seeing a non-Jew talking, your mind's eye is seeing God. Now when you say seeing God, it doesn't, there's no form. It, it's the godliness is the, is, the, is the formlessness that's in all form. I know that doesn't make much sense. Wait, wait. wait I, Lamont, the Pia says he talks about both. Because he starts saying, the crow of the But then he starts saying, oh, I'm here, uh, how you're seeing the world. Because I think... He's not saying, right. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't dismiss the senses. Right? You should see a world, but you should see Hashem's kedusha. You started off like you're saying, like you're trying to get behind. You have to dismiss your the way you're perceiving, but not that you shouldn't perceive the the reality, but more the the way you're perceiving things to have a holier type of perception. But the difference, I think, is that you want to say that this is this. It's not. He's not talking about looking at the bottle. He's talking about trying to perceive God and forget that you saw the bottle. But that's not what he's saying. There there seems seems to be a difference between Rabbi Nachman is... And then taking that back, not to say that you don't see the bottle. He says the Pizesna wants that your machshavah should be that your machshavah should penetrate through your senses... Should be rock that right that your your experience should be right away of elokus, right? Like you just read, not that I'm coming to negate chushe aguf. You should see the world, but only see Hashem through them. I, I think the, the not through them. It's that you're you're seeing Hashem normally. The things that hit the, the things that are hit our eyes end up forming these like psychological barriers to how far our thoughts can go. Because we're so bombarded by the sensory world. But he's like, free your mind, then you'll be able to take sensory input from the world, but it won't be constraining your brain. You'll still be able to achieve this. So according to Pizzas, when you look at a table, what do you see? I, I don't think, I'm not sure there's a disagreement between them. I think they're talking two different things, right? You're seeing a table. It, it seems to be. But the table is not locking that. your head into tableness. Your your head is more expanded. And you're seeing table as just one of the ways God is revealing Himself. Well, I don't. That's not. I don't know. That's not what. He, that's not what that is talking about. But who's talking about? Who doesn't not, say that? The not, <laughs> it seems to be telling us what we're seeing when we see a table. We just. What do you mean? You're seeing a table, but you're seeing Kedusha Sevashem is Bar Prusa. But you're seeing God through that. I, I think God through Bar Prusa is over a table. Not through it. The metaphor is different. I thought the goal is not to see a table anymore, to see God. There's, there's one difference. It's when you're thinking of God to no longer see table. The table shouldn't be a contradiction to only seeing God. The table shouldn't be a contradiction to only seeing God. should be that the moon is so strong that the seeing the table is not a contradiction to after to to the to the unity of Hashem. You see so clearly godliness and everything that it's not tableness you're seeing. But one second, one second. I want to, because it's getting late, and, and I want to... Yeah. I, I just... Uh, should I, maybe I should leave this for next time. I'll leave this for next time. We do? Four? Oh, we do have a minion. He says he's coming to explain Shabachot Dover Tiras Hashem. Do, Who's the Pizetzner? Yeah. yeah. How, how is he understanding that? I don't know. Because he's one saying difference that, between the you're two. trying to see Hashem. There's one difference is that Rabbi Nachman is starting with Das and he's saying you have to use your Das to get to that conclusion. Okay. And here he's saying that it's 
It's without das. It's no, saying machshava. It's through the senses. No, no, no. Yeah. Where Nachman calls yeah. das, the pizetzans call him machshava. They mean the same thing. Because he's saying clearly, not, not through das. I know, because he's not, because he doesn't, <laughs> das is a very, that word could be used in a lot of different ways. Right. So, he, 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 when the pizetzan means machshava is what Nachman means when he says das. Or what Chabad means when he says das. Tov. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think uh, we, we could continue this conversation. What I wanted to show you is the Ramban. I mean, I, I don't have time to get into it now, but maybe if you have a chance to do it on your own, we'll, we'll pick up with it next week. <clears throat> but the Ramban in Parshas Ekev, Perak Yudalaf Pasuk Chav Beis, 11.22, the Ramban defines what Dveikos is. And I, I, want, I want you to look at it and, and compare it to what we just saw from Rav Nachman. Because it's because in Perak Yudalf Pasuk Chav Beis. It connects also what Andy was talking about. He says Dveikus, what, what Dveikus in the Ramban is and how Hasidus explains it. So take a look. We'll, con- we'll pick up on it next week. But I'm uh, sorry, we, we, we haven't come to a, a, a consensus yet. So we still have to continue working on what does that mean? Basag talks about that when you're doing sharing, that's when you can, your consciousness changes and you can see the table as as part of God because God is giving. So when the table, if you keep using everything for giving, then your consciousness will change to be able to see that behind. Mm-hmm. You get to get beyond your 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 mind into 